We're talking about heroes today. And, uh, and so just a few notes. Um, we're a family. Uh, we pray together. We cry together. We send people um, to the mission field together. Um, and we celebrate together. And, and so this morning, I've just got a couple celebration things that we need to uh, take note of. Um, number one, Lorraine Hunt um, is celebrating her 90th birthday or has celebrated her 90th birthday. So could we just <laughs> congratulate her? Sitting in the second row at age 90, that's, uh, that's a hero right there, yeah. You get a lot of tears and stuff on you when you sit in the second row here at the church when I'm preaching. Um, and then we have a, a young couple um, that is celebrating something this morning, a young couple that is celebrating their engagement. So JR and Shirley, would you wave at us? <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a good day to be um, in the presence of God this morning. It really is. Um, I, I don't know if you have felt God's spirit and God's presence with us today. I'm sitting over there just tears rolling down my face and people are walking in and I'm like, I'm, I'm just a mess. Um, but it's because I believe that God is moving. Um, I, I believe even in the difficulties, and there are difficulties, I believe that God is working and as we talk about being heroes, I believe that what we're here to do and what we're here to, to, to participate in together is, is huge. Um, it's Freedom Sunday. And just to give you a little um, background, I'd love to tell you that, that I know exactly what I'm doing all the time and everything that ever happens that's good is because I made it happen, but that's just not true. Um, but, but like five months ago, the staff got together and we planned out the the sermon calendar through the next year, and this series was, was, was going to be heroes, and we were going to talk about heroes, and then um, maybe a month before the series, I, I honed in on Hebrews 11, and this, this chapter of the, the heroes of the faith, and, and that's where we were going to go, and then, and then we, we ordered it all out, and we got down there, and then last week we talked about the fact that this is Freedom Sunday, and we're talking about Moses today. Moses, who God called and used to free the Israelites from slavery and bondage in Egypt. And I just think, man, if, if you don't get it by now, God is with us and God is present and God is active. We're not here in neutral. We're not here just to clap and have fun and sing. We're here because God is at work and God is calling us to be heroes of the faith. I believe God is calling us to be a part of Freedom Sunday. Not just with human trafficking, but, but with the people around us. And there are people all around us that are hurting and that are in pain. And I believe that God calls us to have a heroic faith that will be at work in our community, in the world around us. And so... I'm glad to be with you this morning. If you can't tell, I'm, I'm a little bit amped up. I get that way sometimes, don't I? But over the past month, we've been talking about heroes. Last week, uh, we started with Noah, and then last week, we talked about Joseph. And, and Joseph's story was that uh, it, the, the theme that we had last week is that, that Joseph was faithful in the hard times, and he had a lot of hard times, and Joseph was, was faith, faithful when he was on top and everything was going well. 
And so today we're just going to keep this story going. That's what I love about Hebrews 11 is it's a story. It keeps going. And, and so when we left the story of Joseph, if you get to the end of the story of Joseph, everything's going pretty good for God's people. Because of Joseph's faithfulness, because of the way that God worked, the people were living in the land of Egypt, and they had good land, and everything was in good shape. But, but then, um, things changed. And so, Hebrews 11, this isn't going to be on the screen, this was the verse we used, kind of our theme verse for last week. It said, by faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. So we talked about last week that that doesn't do justice to his whole story, to this amazing story of Joseph's faith. But it's a part of the story of God's work. And so what we see is Joseph talked about the Israelites and the Exodus. When he was there, they didn't need to be in Exodus. Everything was good. Life was good. But what we see at the end of the book of Genesis, which is the first book there in the Bible, and at the beginning of Exodus, the next book, is that the Israelites, they were in a good place in Egypt, everything was going well, they were prospering, and then all of a sudden, the Pharaoh that loved Joseph so much passed on. And the next Pharaoh came in, and this happens a lot, you guys know this, this happens in companies, this happens at work, that... that Things change, the boss changes, something changes, and all of a sudden, circumstances change. And so the Israelites, they were, they were doing great, they were living well, and then the new Pharaoh came in, and he saw these people, and he said, this is a problem. These aren't our people. And they're, they're multiplying too quickly, and they've got too much. And so, so the Pharaoh turned on the Israelites. And so Hebrews 11, verse 20. 24 to 28, this is the scripture we're going to be on today. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking forward to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. And so Moses is our next hero. By faith, Moses chose to follow God's plan, and through Moses choosing to follow God's plan, and through Moses be submitting himself to God, God freed the Israelites from bondage and slavery. That's good stuff this morning. And so, so here we are, Pharaoh has passed on, the Israelites are, are into slavery, and, and, and Pharaoh is wanting to stop the Israelites from prospering, and so he's put them into slavery, they're in a, in a bad place, and, and, but they keep growing in number, even when he puts them in bondage, they grow, it's like God's with them, and so the Pharaoh decides he's going to do something drastic. He decides that he's going to get rid of all of the baby boys, because if he does that, the Israelites can't grow and prosper. 
And so that's the point of the story where Moses comes in. So we left Joshua, everything was good, the Israelites were doing good, then they go into slavery under the new Pharaoh, everything changes, and this is when we're introduced to Moses. And so I want to just recap his story really quick. Pharaoh orders that all of the baby boys are to be done away with, and then we see the birth of Moses. Moses is born to a Levite man and a Levite woman. They have a son, and they're so fearful for their son because this is a time where, where the Pharaoh is after the baby boys, and so, so the Levite man and woman, they take their son, and they put him in a basket, and they put him down in the river because they're afraid if they don't do that, that Pharaoh and the Egyptians are going to come and get him. And, and so Moses ends up in a river just as a baby. And then we see that Pharaoh's daughter, the Pharaoh, the high up, I mean, you talk about God working, Pharaoh, the high up, the guy who had turned, the guy who was against the Israelites, the guy who was trying to oppress the Israelites, Pharaoh's own daughter finds this baby in a basket in the river. And, and so Moses is adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Moses grew up in the Egyptian court. He grew up having all the luxuries that the Egyptians had, not the, not the bondage and the, the hurting that the Israelites had. And so we see in Joseph, I mean Moses, did I say Joseph? What is wrong with me? A lot is the answer to that question. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's court. He had, he had a life of, of privilege and luxury, even though his people, the people who he really was in their line, were struggling. And, and so one day, Moses, um, he, he's been living this good life. He's been in the palace. Everything's good for him. But his people are out working and serving in bondage. And so one day, Moses decides to go out and check on his people. And so he walks out. And he sees something. He sees an Egyptian slave driver beating an Israelite man. And, and I would imagine there's, even though Moses grew up in the court, even though Mo Moses grew up with the life of Egyptian luxury, he identifies with God's people. And, and so you can imagine what seeing that would be like. And so Moses, Moses saw this Egyptian beating this Israelite, and, and he wasn't having it. And so he actually went and he killed that slave driver that was, that was hurting the Israelite. The next day, uh, Moses goes back out, and there's two Israelites fighting. So these are his people, and they're fighting each other. And he goes up and he tries to stop it. And one of the Israelites says to him, says, are you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian man? So Moses thought he had a secret there, like, like he was okay. And then the next day, he's with his own people, and, and they call him out for the fact that he had killed the Egyptian man. And so I don't know if you've ever been in a place um, that, that you've messed up, and then it seems like people are finding out about it, and you know you're in big trouble. But Moses knew he was in trouble. And so, so he took off. And so what we see is Moses grew up in Egypt, he grew up in the court, everything was good, life of privilege, but then he goes out to check on his people, ends up killing a man, ends up, the word gets out, and so Moses flees to Midian. While he's in Midian, he stays in Midian for 40 years, and while he's there, he, he meets a woman and he, has, he ends up having a family, and so where we pick up our story today 
is that Moses is out in Midian. Everything is okay. It's all blown over. He's living. He's not living with his people. He's not living in the courts of Egypt, but he is living in Midian with his family, and, and he's tending to the, to the sheep of the family. And so that's when we come into Exodus chapter 3. And I just want to set this up. I know I told you a big story. I know some of you probably tuned out a little bit there. But I want you to understand that Moses' life was not perfect. He was not living the dream. He had been in exile. He had run. But his life was also not in the pits. He was okay. He had a family. Everything was okay. He's, he's just living normal life. I would suspect that the majority of us in here this morning are in that place. We're probably not living in the highest of highs, and we're probably not living in the lowest of lows, but we're just living and doing our thing. In fact, somebody asked me, what's new with you? And there's not, I mean, there's always new stuff, but nothing, like, it, I'm just, we're just, we're living, we're serving, right? And so then in Exodus 3, I want, us, I want us to really focus on this because it's Freedom Sunday, and I believe today is a day of decision, that's, that's what we're going to talk about today is, is Moses' decision, and I believe today is a day of decision. So, so Moses' life hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been terrible. He finds himself out um, near uh, Mount Horeb, and he's there, and all of a sudden, we see this in Exodus chapter 3. It said, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So I'm going to stop right there. Don't take the scripture down. Leave it up. I'm going to stop right there. So far, so good if you're Moses, right? God comes to Moses and he says, I've heard my people struggling. And Moses had to think, good. They've been struggling for a while. And he says, you know what? I'm going to deliver them and I'm going to give them a great land and a great promise. And Moses had to think, this is great, God. I love it. Yes, come. To, you know, Freedom Sunday. Come on, God. Bring freedom. And he says, I'm going to bring them out of slavery. I've seen it. I'm going to take care of it. And Moses had to be thinking, yes, this is great. And then listen to the last line. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, do, do you see the difference there? I mean, I think most of us in here would say, yeah, God, bring freedom. Free the slaves. Free people in human trafficking. Free the people that are, are addicted to drugs and are hurting. Yes, God, come do miracles. Now you go and I'm going to use you. All of a sudden, I have to think that Moses was like, yeah, yeah, wait, what? Me? Have you ever been there? Like, me? I, I remember um, in, in eighth grade, we were playing, a or it was ninth grade, it was freshman year of high school, and we were playing basketball, and, uh, and I mean, we weren't very good. My school was an academic school, uh, really well known for academics, but not 
really well known for sports, and you know how much I love sports and not academics, and so it didn't work out well for me. But, um, but we played this team my freshman year, and it was like, you know, we were all like 15 years old, I think, is how old we were. And these other, this other team, they're like driving themselves to the game, okay? So they, they were a little older than us. And uh, we started that game, and we were getting demolished. I mean, just like... We were, like, these guys were dunking, they were throwing alley-oops, and, and um, it got toward the end of the game to, like, garbage time, and the coaches coming down the bench to tell people to go in, and we were all like, don't put me in, I don't want to be embarrassed. I mean, this is where Moses is, it's like, yeah, God, this is great, you're doing something good. Wait, what, you, you're going to send me to Egypt, me, the guy that ran from Egypt because I was in trouble. Me, the guy, I don't want to go back to Egypt. I would imagine that he was just really struggling with that calling. But God says, go. Everything's going okay. He wasn't in the highest place. He wasn't in the lowest place. Everything was fine, though. And all of a sudden, God comes and says, Moses, I have a plan for you. I'm going to do something big and I want you to be a part of it. And we came to this point of decision, this moment of decision. Is Moses going to do things his way? Is he going to say, no, thank you, God. I'm good where I am. Find someone else. Or is he going to say, absolutely, God, I'm all in. I trust you. Is he going to go for his own way, living his story, doing his thing? Or is he going to submit himself to God's story and God's plan for his life? He comes to this moment of decision. I want to stop right here and say every single one of us will come to a place where God calls us to a moment of decision. Every one of us at some point will be called by God to surrender ourselves to God's plan and not our own plan. If you haven't been there yet, it's coming. God will call you to be a hero, to take part in his story and his work in the world and to abandon your plans for your life. It could be something huge, like I want you to go and, and be a part of me ending human trafficking, or it could be something like, hey, I want you to obey me, I want you to serve me, I want you to love me in the job that you're doing. But I believe that God comes to every single one of us and is calling us to live for his purposes and not for our own. I'll never forget this moment for me. I've shared my story with you before, but when I was 17 at church camp, I felt like God was calling me into ministry, and I had this big emotional moment when I went down to the altar, and I said, yes, God, I'm all in, everything's good, and then fast forward a year later, and I was a senior in high school, and I wasn't perfect. I hope you guys know I'm not perfect, and I, I never have been. I wasn't perfect, and, and honestly, I was kind of living for myself. Um, I had felt God's calling. I knew I was a Christian. I, was, I, I wanted to serve God. But honestly, I was, I was more concerned with myself and the girls at school and what I was going to do and where I was going to go. And I'll never forget, I was in a district assembly service. For those of you that aren't Nazarene, that's a, that's a once a year thing. The district comes together and serves. And I was in this service, and I'm sitting there with my friends, and we're just clowning around. I'm not paying a bit of attention to what's going on up in front of me. And all of a sudden, it was like, 
boom, God got my attention. I'm not kidding. I'm talking to my friends messing around drawing, and God got my attention and said, what are you doing? I've got something for you. I have called you. Are you going to live for yourself, or are you going to live for my purposes? And that day, not in a big emotional thing, but in a moment of clarity, I said, God, I'm going to live for you. I came to that moment of decision. We have a choice. Every single one of us has a choice. Are we going to live for ourselves, taking care of ourselves, our plans, what I want? Or are we going to trust God? Are we going to follow his purposes for our life? We have a choice. We see that Moses knew what was at stake in this choice. We're going back to Hebrews 11, verses 25 to 26. Listen to this. I want to read this scripture again, and then I want us to look at it and break it down a little bit. It says, He chose, chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He chose. And then it said, He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking forward to his reward. So let's look at what this says and let's talk about it and what it means for us. Number one, it says, He chose. This was a moment of decision and He chose. God didn't say, God didn't call him and then grab him by the ear and say, you're coming, Moses. Moses had a moment of decision and he had to choose to serve God, to serve God's purposes. He chose. It says he chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Now listen to me very carefully. You have a choice. You are called to a moment of decision. And you can choose to trust God and serve God. And sometimes that means that you are going to suffer and you are going to be mistreated for what you believe. Are you going to follow God? Or you can live for yourself. You can live for your selfish desires. And I love the word that it says in here. The fleeting pleasures of sin. Because the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, the things we do when we're out for ourselves, they can be pretty fun. They can be good. There's a reason that people do things that are wrong. It's because momentarily it can be pretty good, but the word fleeting is important here because in this choice we have a choice to, a choice to choose God and to fulfill his purposes and maybe we'll be mistreated but we've got God or we can be in it for ourselves and that may be fun for a while, but guess what? It goes away. That stuff won't last. It's not eternal. And so he had this choice and he knew the choice and he chose to be mistreated for God's purposes instead of living for temporary fleeting pleasures of sin. Then it says he regarded. So he chose active, uh, the active choice of serving God. And then it says he regarded. So chose, active, he did it, regarded. This is he knew. He knew. Why did he choose to serve God? Because he regarded, he knew, he knew that disgrace for the sake of Christ was better than all of the treasures that Egypt had to offer. Listen to that again. He chose because he knew that having God was better than having everything else the world 
could offer him. We have a choice. I'm not sure we always get that as Christians. I'm not sure that most of us coming into the church, I'm not sure that any of us coming into the church come in with the idea that, God, I'm going to do anything and everything for you, no matter what the cost. I think some of us come in and we think Christianity is just a better way to live and it's going to help me live a better life and it'll help me prosper and it'll help me be a better person. The truth of the matter is, the choice that we have is between God and God's purposes and everything that comes with that or our own purposes, our own desires, our own selfishness, and everything that comes with that. This is not a choice about comfort. This is a choice about God being God and us being us. So how did he make this choice? How did he have the faith that says, by faith, Moses, how did he have the faith to choose to serve God and to give up his own selfish desires? It says... Because he was looking forward to his reward. Because Moses knew that God's eternal blessings were far greater, far greater than the temporary treasures and the fleeting desires that he had on earth. And so Exodus 3, what happened? Or, or John Piper, I want to get this quote in. Uh, it says, the common feature of faith that escapes suffering, so when you're dealing with suffering, that escapes suffering, and the faith that endures suffering is this. Both of them involve believing that God himself is better than what life can give you now and better than what death can take from you later. Do you understand? This is about God being God. Exodus 3, it says, But Moses said to God, Who am I? So God calls him. He says, By the way, I'm going to do something and I'm going to send you. And then Moses says to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Who am I? That's a pretty good question. That's a really good question. Moses asked God, who am I? I'm just, I'm just an old man. I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm a murderer. I'm just a, I, who am I? I can't do this. That's a really good question. I'm weak, I'm old, I can't do it, choose someone better, it's not me, you, you got the wrong guy, who am I? And I have to think that God looked at him and said, you're Moses, who I've been with, and you're Moses, who I am calling to do work. Who am I? You're who God's calling. You are, you are right, you're unfit, you're old, you're weak, you got nothing. But I am calling you to go be a part of what I've done. The truth is that God has always chosen to work through our weakness and through the weak. Because in that, God's power is what's making the difference. If God chose the most talented of us, then, then we could take credit for ourselves. If it was all about me and planning everything perfectly, I could take credit and say I'm doing this. But the truth is, it's God. It's God's power at work. God has always chosen the weak. And so, yeah, Moses, who are you? You're just old Moses. You're a murderer. You're, you messed up. You're not good enough. But guess what? God is calling you. Listen, I'm, I'm, st I'm a pastor. That means God called me to be up here. And I'm telling you God calls the weak. That means I'm weak. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, sometimes it can be pretty difficult to stand up in front of you. Because I think, who am I, God? Who am I that I should stand up 
and preach your word to these people. Who am I? I'm, I'm just Alex Mahaffey. I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've blown it over and over again. I cry all the time. Who am I? And God says, you're who I'm calling. Are you going to follow or not? I think what holds us back from being heroes of the faith is that we don't want to admit that we're weak and that we can't do it on our own. And so we come to a point of decision. Are we willing to sacrifice our status? Are we willing to sacrifice our comfort to serve God? And so he said, who am I? And he's questioning and he's saying, God, I don't, I don't think this is it. And in verse 12, and God said, I will be with you. There is no better words in the world than God saying, I will be with you. And so Moses says, well, what if they question me? What if they question who you are and what's happening? And God says, here, if they question you, do this. And he, he gives them a miracle to perform. Like, there's that answer. And, and Moses says, well, what if they don't believe me? Well, do this. Okay, I answered that question. And then in chapter 4, uh, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I can't speak. Doesn't God already know us? Doesn't God know everything about you? Don't you think God was looking at Moses saying, I created you. I know exactly who you are. I know exactly how you talk. I know exactly your weaknesses. But I'm calling you. God knows us. And God calls us. And then listen to this in verse 11. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you speak and teach you what to say. God knows exactly who we are. God knows exactly how weak we are. And God calls us to be a part of his redemptive plan for the world around us. I like this a lot better in the King James Version. It says this, Now therefore go... Listen to these words. And I will be your mouth, and I will teach you what to say. Isn't that incredible? That in my greatest areas of weakness, God will be strength and will teach me how to do what he's called me to do? God's got this. This is the God of Noah. This is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. And it's the God of Moses. And it's our God. The God that's with us through anything. I love this line. Our excuses are inadequate because our God is unlimited. Do you understand that this morning? My excuses for why I can't do what God calls me to do, no matter how great, are inadequate because God's power is unlimited. And what we see over and over in Scripture is that God calls people, God works through people, and God accomplishes amazing things that we can't explain because God's power is unlimited. And so today, each of us has a choice. We have the choice whether we're going to follow God's purposes for our life, whether we're going to submit ourselves fully regardless of the cost, or whether we're going to live for ourselves whether we're going to do it our way, our selfish desires.